Hello and welcome to Science to the Tea. I'm your host, Sky Smith, and on this snowy morning, I'm sipping on some yummy milk tea that really just, you know, warms me up. So grab your favorite mug, steep some leaves, because tea is better than coffee, and let's make some espresso. During your lifetime, you will more than likely partake in enjoying a cup of coffee. That's really no surprise to anyone, considering the majority of us adults more or less have a dependency on this stuff because of the obvious benefits of having more energy and better focus from the caffeine. In fact, the U.S. National Coffee Association determined that the coffee industry accounted for about $225 billion and provided over 1.5 million jobs in 2015. That's a ton of coffee. Actually, probably multiple tons. Now, various studies around the world have suggested that coffee consumption may even have some health benefits, such as reduced risk of depression, stroke, and diabetes. And while many of those studies are fascinating alone, today we are going to talk about espresso. Espresso is an Italian method and is produced by pressurizing hot water and passing it through finely ground coffee beans. Now, there are many factors involved in making the perfect shot of espresso. You must take into account the size of the grounds, the temperature of the water, the pressure of the water, the time in which the water is passed through the grounds, the size of the basket holding these grounds, the weight of the grounds you put in, and the amount of water you push through them. Whew, that's a lot. In this study, published in March in the journal Matter by Michael Cameron and his team, the group created a method of brewing espresso that both reduces coffee waste and the variation between cups. In this study, the authors used espresso from Supreme Roasters in Australia, and all the standard equipment used at the coffee shop called Frisky Goat Espresso, which was also in Australia. This included using a 20-gram ridgeless basket for the coffee grounds, a Malconig EK43 grinder, an automated tamper to tamp down the grounds at the same pressure every time, and the San Remo Opera machine that heats and pressurizes the water. They used 20 grounds of coffee with water passed through at 92 degrees Celsius, or about 197 degrees Fahrenheit, to produce 40 grams of espresso. And any shot was discarded if the shot mass was outside of the tolerance. They took this pretty seriously. First, this group developed some equations to measure the general components of the espresso basket. These calculations included the height and radius of the basket, the general size of the grounds, and the pore space between them that the water would pass through. They measured coffee particles in the grounds and found two families of particle sizes similar to what is found in exploding rock. There are boulders, which are larger than 100 millimeters, and fine particles, which are smaller. When they ground the coffee using a finer grind setting, the amount and size of boulders was reduced but the fine particles stayed the same size. They said that this was likely due to the way fine particles are produced. While boulders are made by the mechanical grinding, the fine particles come from breaking up the coffee beans in general, which is why the size of these ones stayed the same, even when the grinder was set smaller. From here, they started messing around with the different parameters I mentioned earlier. They found that the amount of coffee drink extracted, or extraction yield, was a function of grind size with varying coffee dose and water pressure. 
which basically means if you want more yield, you have to grind at a finer setting, but there are limits to the amount of coffee you can use and the water pressure used. So this is where things start to really get fun. The researchers noticed while they were adjusting the water pressure and the amount of coffee in the basket that there was a point where the extraction yield dropped. From their model, they figured that a finer grind setting would increase the extraction yield because the finer grind makes more fine particles, smaller boulders, and allows more coffee to come out, which increases the time to produce the shot and allows for more coffee, which would increase the concentration. But that wasn't entirely true. Any setting less than 1.7 on the grinder led to way less concentrated coffee coming out. When they analyzed the coffee shot in the basket, they saw that some of the grounds were still dry. This weird, partially dry, partially overused basket of grounds is what gives many shots of espresso that bitter sort of burnt flavor. Sadly, the authors mentioned that many in the industry use a grind setting way less than 1.7 to make sure that the water passes through at the quote-unquote target time for espresso. But at what cost? If it tastes bad, why do it? To me, this explains why small coffee shops that take longer to make your latte typically taste better. They do things right. From here, the group wanted to optimize this process. What is the best combination of grounds, pressure, time, and water to make the best shot of espresso? Well, it all boils down to the tasty point, literally. The researchers used the terms tasty point and optimized tasty point, which means an espresso shot that tastes good to the barista. So the barista finds this tasty point and then adjusts the grind setting and other things to get the maximum yield. They recommend checking this maximum yield with the refractive technique that they used, which is basically to determine the concentration of the coffee, or by simply tasting it. Ultimately, they determined that the best shot was made by using 15 grams of coffee ground at the 1.7 setting and allowing 40 grams of water to pass through the basket at 6 bars of pressure. Not only was this method very reproducible, giving the right tasty point each time, it saved on product. This means less coffee was used for each shot. It also reduced the amount of time each shot took to make, giving shorter order-to-delivery times. They then implemented this method in the real world at a cafe in Eugene, Oregon. They found that using this perfect shot of espresso method, the cafe earned about $4,000 more each year. That's quite a bit for a little shop. Imagine if everyone started using this method. If they did, this group determined that based on the general consumption of coffee in the U.S. every day, there would be a total of 3.1 million savings per day, or 1.1 billion per year. These coffee shops could then theoretically afford to pay their employees higher wages or have more money to use on better beans and stuff like that. Pretty awesome, don't you think? Now, there are always pros and cons to new research and methods like these. With coffee shops saving product and money, this means less revenue for roasters, importers, and producers. And while we don't really have answers for those problems just yet, this group developed a method that makes an awesome shot of espresso while saving money. Pretty awesome. 
So if you ever want to make your perfect shot of espresso, go ahead and try out their method. See if that's the tasty point for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Please stay tuned for more info and a sneak peek of next week. Yay! Thank you for listening to Science to the T. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to them. Please take a moment to rate or leave a comment to help me make your experience better. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or just want to talk science, you can also find me on Twitter at SkyNeuro or simply email sciencetothet at gmail.com. Tune in next Wednesday for another terrific episode as we celebrate the holiday season and talk about a special bacteria that helps Christmas trees grow.